0: Welcome to another episode of Into Final Thoughts. Before we jump into it, I want to tell you to check out our official partner of this season of Into Final Space, Cartoon Crave. Cartoon Crave is an incredible network and news source for all things animation, including Final Space. To learn more, check them out on Instagram at cartooncrave underscore and at the Cartoon Crave on Twitter. Now, let's get into the episode. And at the top of this episode, before we get into everything, I just wanted to say a few thank yous. First of all, to Olin Rogers. Thank you for doing this season with me for completely changing the scope of into final space. This podcast has been an absolute thrill since I started way back in February, 2019. And I'm so grateful to you for finding this as a good spot to be able to do what I intended all along, make this podcast a network for fans to really discover this show. I cannot thank you enough for the help guidance, mentorship, trust, and friendship during this season. I also want to quickly thank our two special guests that appeared on this season, Koti Galloway and Ben Bajelajak. Thank you both for agreeing to sit down and give excellent insight into making the show. To my family for the never-ending support on this endeavor, thank you. Big thanks, of course, to Cartoon Crave for being our partner this season. Their exposure has really helped to grow the podcast fan base and Final Spaces, so we are super grateful to them. And finally, to my fans, Into Final Space would be nothing without all of your support, not only for Final Space, but for this podcast. We're growing steadily close to 15,000 listens uh, to an episode of the podcast, and I have never thought we'd get past one. So thank you for your support by listening, by interacting with me on socials, and by following me on my personal projects. It really means a lot. Now, let's get into Final Space. Welcome to the final episode of Into Final Thoughts, the last piece of content before the long silence we call hiatus or whatever is coming in the future. Who knows? Maybe we'll be back with some cool stuff, maybe another Volume 3 esque fan experience. But for now, we must enter the Devil's Den. It's all led to this. I'm Gabe Jones, and with me to discuss the finale of Final Space Season 3 so creator, voice actor, executive producer, and all around great guy.
1: Hey, it's me, Dolan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, it's, uh, it's it's bittersweet being here at the end, uh, but we have probably, in my opinion, uh, well, it, it might tie for season one, but uh, I'd say one of the best season finales of Final Space in history to discuss today. Uh, massive spoilers, obviously, and make sure you stick around to the end for our last segment of Into Final Lingering Thoughts. For now, Olin, let's get into it. The very last episode. Uh, yeah, let's do what, it what did you want to accomplish going into this finale? Anything different from from season one and season two?
1: Yeah, you know, there was... I think, you know, for the finales, we always tried to do something pretty big, you know? And I remember even before season three had started, I really wanted to do a more personal, stripped-down kind of finale, where Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't, like, you know, there... It just felt like you know in in the previous um finales there was always kind of something that was you know very big a multi massive fight like i didn't really you know and it's funny when i when i first thought of that idea of like doing something personal then it led to something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because that's just how ideas kind of grow and, yeah. and evolve like you start with this very inception ideas like i want to do something really stripped down and personal and then you get to the the end of the thing that you write and you're like that's not stripped down and personal <laughs> like it's actually pretty massive and but i knew what i wanted to do with um you know kind of the 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 arcs for everybody and yeah I actually had written the the kind of the end finale my pages of that script of the certain scenes before we even started the writers' room yeah. so I knew where I wanted to kind of end it and it was a bummer to get to the you know the the very end of you know production and realize that that particular vision won't probably ever be seen or it's going to be an altered version of that yeah. you know yeah. and it's and it's one of those things where you you start realizing that tv and, and your best hopes that sometimes things cannot manifest the way that you want them to and no matter what you do like it's you could plan you could you know and you got to freaking think on the fly how do i detach myself from something that i see so vividly you know, yeah. and realizing that you're not going to, that's the thing that's not going to be on screen. So it's, it's definitely a process of like kind of give and take and compromise. And, and then that's that honestly, if I had to put a, a, a definition to doing TV, it's compromise. That's, yeah. that's essentially all it is. It's you're only getting some of what you want. And the thing is, like you could have you can get excited about certain things and and then find out. I mean, and and here's the thing. I don't know of any other kind of TV experience. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and this is something that I've been thinking about, you know, personally, as I've been just on this hiatus of of limbo or whatever it is, is that my TV experience has really been one of like, you know, just Nothing but like rough seas, it really has. Like when I first had season one, it was on the heels of that, like that I was still learning, I didn't know what I was really doing in the TV space. Um, you know, it kind of was like just recording something that I didn't know what I was doing, and I wasn't getting, you know, it was just kind of like a weird, like almost lucid dream, you know, because it is a dream and you're you're like living it and you're like, is this real? That's I just kept thinking that season one. And then at the heels of it, you find out, Oh, there's going to be this big merger happening at Warner media. And through so season two was the absolute most, just like, it was like a, a hurricane hit the seas. You know, yeah. you had a, a merger that got delayed. People were worried about losing their jobs. They were giving notes like left and right. We had everybody in TBS giving notes and it was like, how do you address all these things? You can't. Yeah, And then, and then imagine around you seeing all these other shows getting canceled and you're like, freak, I (laughs) got, like, I definitely don't want to get canceled. You know, that's (laughs) like, that's the, that goes into your back of your head. So it's like, how do you, how do you adjust just enough to get past these notes? Mm -hmm. And I do, I remember we, you know, what a really funny experience and because it's the last let's, let's just throw off the guardrails and just kind of talk about experiences. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember in, in season two, we were talking about characters. This is actually a funny story. I think I've told this a couple of times. <laughs> um, we were talking about characters. Um, and we had to come up with kind of like, you know, the, the new characters that we were going to come up with like Ash Fox and Cheryl. And, you know, we got, I think Devo did some concept art, but it was like way too polished. Yeah. And so we went into the TBS, you know, conference room and it was like, all full of executives, right? And I had a presentation. We were going to talk about season two of Final Space and the head of basically the, the room was Kevin Riley. And so if you don't know who Kevin Riley was, when HBO Max first launched, he was the head of content at HBO Max. And then when the new guy came in, he got let go. So he was like a big deal. You know, even at TBS, he ran TBS and TNT. So he was at the head of this room um, and I remember, I thought it would be a, a awesome idea to to hype everybody up, you know. Yeah. So I played Mortal Kombat. This song. <laughs> <laughs> I played Mortal Kombat. Okay, so basically, like how I do pitches is, I I get really animated, you know. I stand yeah. up, I I do a performance, and so we had this like speaker, like I had this speaker that I bought, and so right before everybody was coming in, I was trying to link the speaker up. So it actually played very loud, but apparently like I didn't realize this, there was a slight delay from the Bluetooth speaker, so I couldn't connect it. And so I just had it play out of my laptop speakers, which if you've had anything play out of your laptop speakers (laughs) in a big conference room, it's like kind of loud, but like. A little quiet as well it's not like it's not low enough for it to be funny and it's not loud enough for it to be awesome it's just somewhere right there in the middle where it's just (laughs) lame right and so i had this mortal Kombat playing at like the lamest level that you could possibly have and i got up and i start high-fiving executives in the entire room right because i was like they don't know who i am you know i want to make an impression and i remember sitting down after I high five everybody after my Mortal Kombat, kind of like it was almost like a UFC fighter coming in, you know, and just like <laughs> hyping Hype the music. room up. Yeah. And so I I sit down. David's right next to me. And uh, it's like, let's get into season two final space. And we go to the first image and it was a fox. Right. We started talking about the characters and instantly the the kevin ryan was like i got a problem
2: with this
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i was like i've never been more embarrassed in my life to to do this funny you know just like hyping everybody up sit down go to your first image and because it was too polished that's another thing it's like you gotta you gotta a lot of tv like making tv it's not just making the thing It's, it's the kind of relationships that's building the relationships. It's how you present the information. And, and the reason why they bumped on this particular kind of image was because we went in there and it looked like it was going to be like, it looked too polished. It looked like it could be in the show. Yeah. And so they were like, I don't like this. You know, this, if this is a final design, I got to say something. And so when we went back in freaking dude, I'm talking like four months later. Okay. We went four months later and we were kind of like in this weird limbo where we had to pitch Kevin Riley again, the, the kind of the season two of it all. And we went in there and we get, we printed out these packets and we get like Devo did an actual like line sheet of different character designs. And I think they've been posted online and stuff like that of different ashes and different foxes and different Cheryl's and we handed them out. And I remember that when we pitched it this time, he was flipping through the entire thing. <laughs> and he was like, "I love this. You know, i love I love kind of seeing these the the different iterations. And I like this one and this one and this one. And he picked it. And then he was like, "You know, towards the end, he's like, "I gotta go, but this is great, you know." And it was after that that you really started to sense that, there's a lot of kind of like fluctuation. I remember, dude, there was a time in season two. Imagine getting this call where they were like, hey, um, is there any way that you can change the 13 episodes to 10? And you're like, but we were we were literally getting animation back. And, <laughs> and episode 10 was about to go out. And so, if so, episode 10 would have been the finale. And if you know what episode 10 of season two is, it's the Queen episode with Clarence. Yeah. And I was like, it can't, that can't be it. It can't, that cannot be it. So, we had to think literally an entire 24 hours of how do we alter this to make a new ending for an episode 10 that would be the finale. And then the next day, they called us and said, forget about that. We're going to do the 13th. Just kidding. And it's like, you're like, what the freak is going on over there? You know, like, I was, it was so stressful because you just didn't know what was happening. Like, there was just so many different things and, in, in, you know, stuff that I still don't, you know, not comfortable talking about and things that, you know, you dive into those experiences. But, yeah. you know, that was season two of just like a con, like every day was a new thing, you know? Yeah. And then you get outside of that, uh, of season two, and they get bought out by AT, AT&T, WarnerMedia. So WarnerMedia owns TBS, Adult Swim, every, everything, you know? Yep. And so p- people started getting let go. The people that we knew, like there's people that are our executives, like, you know, one went to HBO Max, the other ones went uh, to different places. And so we, on the start of season three, we had no executive. Yep. We had nobody to talk to. And it was this really weird moment where you're, the show is transitioning to this, this point where the pandemic hit. And then you're, you're literally having to make a show and having no contact with anybody at any network. And you're just kind of continuing on, you know, and eventually, you know, we were like, Hey, is there anybody over there that we can talk to? And they, they gave us two really awesome execs and they, they were great. And, it's one of those experiences that it's like that's the Hollywood I know. It's yeah. it's I just know how like the Hollywood I know is like, like something's gonna a problem's gonna come up always. And I'm gonna have to figure out how to adapt to it. And maybe that's just Hollywood, you know? But the, the funny thing is, I remember talking to David Sachs and he was like, dude, this is not normal. And that man has been in Hollywood for a long time. I was like, I kept asking him like in season two, it's was like, is this normal? And he's like, well, you know, I, I've gotten a, a good bit of notes like this. And I remember I kept asking him like, okay, now is it normal? And he's like, this is abnormal. <laughs> and then I remember we got to like the end of the pilot episode of like, you know, uh, season two. And I was like, is this normal? And he's like, dude, we, I, we are in uncharted territories at this <laughs> point. Like, we don't know where we're at. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I think I came to Hollywood at a very weird time. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I'm glad that I went through the, the, the tough times because it, 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 it kind of made me feel like I've been able to learn more by the tough times, you know? When things are going right, you don't really learn a lot. So it's like I learned a lot by failing. So I mean Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Did you can put it right there? Sorry. Wait, one <laughs> second. <laughs> you can Give me a jangling coffee. Um, all right. You're gonna have to cut that out. (laughs) Um, yeah. So basically like you learn a lot by failing. And, and I think with, you know, my experience and especially the, you know, season three, when we got to the end and we realized, oh man, we really want to kind of execute this vision. But the problem is we don't have enough money to do that. So I have to adapt on the fly. And I've done that before, you know, with season two, I've done that with even season one. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, sorry, if you guys hear clicking, (laughs) that's my dog clicking, (laughs) clicking on the heels laying down on the bed now. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's something where you have to kind of, you know, adapt on the fly and, and with, That last episode, you know, we, the simple thing was that the production couldn't handle it. We were not getting any more money. They were not handing out any more money in Hollywood in general, you know? So really you have to think about as a creator, and this is something for a lot of aspiring creators to think about. And this is something that they don't know. A lot of creators think that, oh man, if I go to Hollywood, I'm going to make my idea and it's going to be awesome. And, And that's the end of the, end of the discussion, you know? Yeah. But there's so many things that are in your way, obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. And there's going to be a time where you're going to have to make a really tough decision. And then you're basically, because you're the creator, you're the spotlight of every criticism, of every achievement, of every, you know, you're you're the spotlight. It it gets directed at you in a very intense way, you know. And you'll feel it, you know, especially with your own idea, because it's, it's something that you create it, you know. It, it has a personal connection with you. It's it. You feel like almost like it's a kid of yours, you know. Yeah. Like with Final Space, you know, it's you know basically because we, you know, the season's done. We had to clean out our offices and stuff. It's it's impossible not to feel every aspect of of what the show is because it's like it's something that you birth, you wrote, it was five years to my life kind of doing, you know, season one to season three and just that alone, you know, so you, when you go to your office to kind of, you know, clean everything out because it's the you know, end of the pandemic, your office was kind of like in this frozen time cap- <laughs> capsule Yeah, and you, you know, you pick up a, a framed picture of that season one of final space, you get, you, you feel it, you know, like you feel like, wow, this is something that means something to me, you know? Yeah. In a, in a very visceral way it's not something that it's like you know hey if it was if it was some like IP, you know i would care about it you know but yeah. not in the same way it's yeah. like it, this yeah. is your first thing so imagine creating your first thing and then you have a season one and then they come in and say hey we're over budget you got to rewrite this thing and you got to turn it in at this time, or we're going to be over budget and we can't make this thing and we're not getting more money. So you have to make a decision now. Right. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh crap. Okay. I just have to, I have to go in your, your bubble and there's no situation where you can write that quickly and miss things or, you know, have a, a, an error or, and you have to kind of really think about all this stuff and you're on a timetable constantly, constantly. So it's, it's one of those things where I think there's like this false impression. And even I thought about it, you know, when I was like back in the YouTube days, you know, where I kept even back in high school, I was like, man, if I just had a budget, you know, if I just had a budget, I could make that thing. And I would, I would show the world, you know, and it's like, that is right to a degree, but at the same time, you you are being faced with these obstacles and that's a part of tv you know that's just what it is and and that's you know sometimes you get good things out of it you know sometimes you get a note that makes it better sometimes you get and uh sometimes because of the constraints you're able to think more and think and problem solve a little bit you know to to a situation that you wouldn't have thought because of the constraints so there's there's good there's good and bad you know, but I just remember season three and this, this is a long winded way. But hey, guardrails rails off <laughs> the season three of it all. It was essentially that, you know, and, and especially the last three episodes. It was it was that. And, and I think the one that got the 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 most rewrite um, was the last one. Yep. And it was kind of it just hit us one day. Like, I remember it was like a call like everything was going right that's when you know something is about <laughs> so that's about that yeah. if if your productions and everything's going right you're getting a call at some point and i remember it was at the same dang time dude it was like ben our superintendent director got in a massive car wreck basically the uh he got hit um like at 90 miles per hour at late at night by a LAPD was chasing after this guy. He gets he broken bones. He's like in a wheelchair and he still wants to work and stuff. And you're like, dude, it's like, I, I understand, but just take a day. Okay. At least it's like, but you can take all the time you want, but he's like, I, I'm, I'm back to work on Monday. It's like, dude, take the time off <laughs> heal, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the, that's the, these, that's when you know that, you're working with really passionate people, yeah. you know? And, and then I remember the next thing, you know, our, our director, Juan, his dad died and it hit him right at episode 11, right when he was finishing it. And then at the, t- the same time, we get this call and it's like, Hey, Jamfield says they cannot, they were over like the budget is not making sense. We gotta, we gotta shrink these, these episodes. Yeah. And you're just like, it's like, I guess bad things all come in threes, you know, <laughs> it's like it's, it's something uh, to kind of, you know, really hone in on. But it's like, how do you adapt to those things like back to back to back to back? And and I think with, you know, for the obstacles that we had, it's it came out, you know, Yeah. and I think that Ben and their team and everybody and every artist filled really kicked butt and yeah. they turned in something that, you know. I still look back on and I'm, I'm super proud of season three. Super proud of it. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Next
1: question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so you basically hit like my first and last question all in the one. So, so yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I I want to spend a, a bit of this episode basically kind of, you know, closing off certain points of the season, things that we liked, things that we had talked about. Um, but for this next question, I wanted to just dive into uh, the music a little bit and give a, a final yeah. hand to the music team this season. I uh, wanted to, to know your thoughts uh, as we closed out with uh, Jake and Dodie and Andrew and uh, just the amazing yeah. performance
1: they gave us this season. Yeah, and also in there is uh, Casey. That's Casey. right, yeah. And, uh, and you know what? They they crushed it. Yeah, Hold on one second. I got to let this dog out. <laughs> Hold on one second. Come on. Come on.
3: Okay.
1: Sorry. Ugh. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I think the music, I think they crushed it this season. I And, and you know, I look back on season one, season two, and season three, And I think, you know, there's so much of season three that I felt like was bullseyes. You know, that the music was just like, I couldn't think of any other song to fit that spot. Yeah. You know, and it's like in uh, there's always a bullseye in every season, you know, but there was like it felt like they were really comfortable. Yeah. And they knew the show so well that they were just kind of like riding these bangers, man. Yeah. It was left (laughs) and right. And then. And then you would have Dodie come in and just write these amazing songs and they would kind of collab with her and kind of put it into the show's like kind of language. And it just was like, wow. And then Casey, who was just kind of like, you know, I, I, I know him because through a lot of different connections, like Cote and Brett, um, who was uh, kind of the writer's assistant who did uh, the voice of uh well all oh, you know brett you know um and basically he he knows a lot of the corridor digital people and stuff yeah. like he's worked through there so my, like my venn diagram of people i know kind of crosses <laughs> over his. Yeah. and you know we've always kind of we're like we want to work on something together and he's like man i really want to kind of break into animation I was like dude let's get you to be a guest composer and the way that i do like composing stuff It's it's kind of weird. And I felt like it really worked for final space And what it meant. And here's the thing. Typically you get one composer, right? Like you don't get four different kinds of composers, but I wanted, what I wanted to try to do was I was like, you know what? I want to give these artists more time to focus on the things that they're passionate about so that, you know, if they're, if they're writing a song and they're having to do the whole episode, they're not spending the time that they want on the things that they want. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's do this then. Let's let's do two composers. And it was really that idea, that whole thing came from the idea that Jake at the time of season one, he was been meant to be the original composer. He got really sick. He has he has a chronic illness. Yeah. And I didn't want to like, you know, let go of him because he helped me sell the show. I mean, I yeah. played his music in the pitch, you know, like I, like that was it was the his music was the defining language of what that show was. Right. He did the proof of concept. Like when I hear those those piano keys, I think of Final Space. Yeah. And so, you know, he connected, you know, me with Shelby and I was like, "Let's let's do this. Like how about you both do it?" And they just would split the composing right. fee, you know, that's right. just, you know, it's fine. And you know, for season three, um, Shelby wanted to, you know, pursue other things, which was like, Okay, man, that's <laughs> like what do I do now? You know? And I remember I called up Jake and I said, Hey, would you be interested in coming back? And like I knew that he was kind of getting better his health wise. Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, dude, yeah, I would love to. And I was like, Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> so I got, you know, I got two people that scored two different seasons. And I was like, I was interested to see how that combination worked you know because Jake and Andrew have worked with each other on other projects like a feature or something like that and I was just kind of curious how these two would kind of work together and and collab and then I remembered you know there's there was something and I was thinking about it there's something about you know the design language of the show and the music um, language of it that you know Shelby brought which was those lyrical songs so I was Mm -hmm. like man who do I know you know like and I remember um forever ago just Dodie and hearing her music and I was like she is one of the most talented singers that I've heard and there's just such like a I don't know it's like something about her voice it's just very pure you know yeah and I was like I really love that in juxtaposition to this really dark season like if you had that voice in the the music language of the show you would get this really cool um kind of innocent voice that kind of was like very like there's something about that voice that's just like it it's piercing you know it yeah. breaks through so many different uh things because it's it's just such a strong voice and when we put that you know uh that first song in there and then this the last in this episode that last song i was like that's that you can't have a better ending yeah to that than that song you know and she would ride him with these little bangers, you know, it's like, geez, she's so <laughs> talented. And, you know, Casey, we brought in cause he probably had the most experience out of, out of, um, Jake and Andrew. And he came from video games, you yeah. know, he did uh, devil may cry and yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, Casey, you know, we would give him the more difficult like strings of, of, of sequences to do. And so the, the big sequence that he did was when Quinn was jumping out of the back of the ship and um, all the moments lost. That was all Casey. He did that. He did. He scored like a seven minute chunk, you know, and it was just this moment where you're like, oh my God, this guy's like a monster (laughs) at composing, (laughs) you know, like, and every time we would bring him in, there was, there was moments that, and I remember one section he did and I, and it was perfect. Like, and there's, each of them did like a perfect moment, you know, and I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I'll even tell you what perfect moments they did. So I think that Casey did, did a couple. One of them was that moment in all the moments lost. I think yeah. he just nailed it. Oh, yeah. But there was another moment that's like, it's, it's so obscure, but I love what he did with it. And it's in episode six when Tribor and Quatronostro go to tim belts and he starts talking about the prophecy there's a song under there that oh, yeah. makes it yeah. feel like they're doing something important you know <laughs> and it and it sounds so epic yeah to something so kind of dumb you
0: know like yeah and, i remember and, us talking about that a little yeah, bit because you said i the, love whatever you I had the piece yeah whatever I love you, love you, didn't, piece. you didn't like the the temp music under that
1: um yeah and he nailed it like i i didn't even i didn't give him any instructions on that he just did that instinctively (laughs) and i was like oh my god that's that's amazing i love this and then i think for dodie i mean everything she did was (laughs) bullseye you know yeah um and i think basically for andrew there was a lot of moments that he did and andrew's such a chameleon like he's he's oh yeah a person that yeah. he can do anything, you know, he can do any sound, just give him some time and he'll work it out. And he loves yeah. taking notes. He loves perfecting it, man. There was a couple times where i am like, it's almost there, dude. It's almost there. It's almost there. And I kept giving him notes. And then finally he nailed it and you're like, yes, you know, <laughs> and you, you, if you can push them and and do it in a way that you know they're excited to get to that end and and feel like they've done something it's it's awesome but i feel like andrew there's a couple of moments where he surprised me so much of 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 a bullseye moment and one of them is basically when bolo rips the sword out of the the red dwarf oh, yeah, star yeah. there's something so triumphant yeah. with that music there and i was like we got to use that again and we use it again in multiple spots. We used it again, I think, when Quinn turns on the hyper-transdimensional bridge in this episode. Like, you hear that triumphant uh, Bolo sword-ripping kind of moment because it's like, it's so perfect. Yeah. And I think there was another moment that we put it in, and I can't even really remember it at this point. But that I remember that, and he did this really cool sequence where I think it was like a perfectly scored moment. And it was an episode two when they're flying on the Kevins, and they're talking about, you know, Kevin's talking about the hypertransdimensional bridge. And and there is that you hear that final space theme. And he yeah. turned the final space theme into an action song. But the problem was that when he first scored it, it felt too like action. You know, it didn't really feel like it had the the hope of what final space was. And I was like, <laughs> dude, can you make an action song out of this? And he did. And it just plays like you feel like you're watching final space when I watched that sequence yeah, and that episode, you know, give or take, you know, people have their favorites and stuff, but that sequence I think is perfectly scored. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, for Jake, he had some bangers, man. He, he, <laughs> he really did. I think some of his best work on this season. And one of them is the avocado throne room scene yeah, um, yeah. where he's talking to Lord commander. He just was like, Hey, listen to this. And I remember listening to it and I'm like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like right now? Like, what, what is like, what, where, where are you creatively? You know? Cause it, there, you ask these things because it's like, he's, he, he was doing some stuff that you're just like, what are you, what, like, what are you listening to? What are you like, how are you coming up with this thing? You know? Yeah. And that moment was really, really, really strong. And there's all these other little moments where he would, kind of take a scene and add emotion to it in a way that, you know, we weren't even thinking. And it was usually with Quinn and Gary, you'd hear those like little piano cues, mm-hmm. um, you know, when his kind of his song comes in because you always feel something so visceral. Like yeah, you're like, yeah. man, I'm, I'm feeling final space. And it's just, cause he, he knows how to tap into that emotional core. And I mm-hmm. don't know what it is about that, but he knows how to do that. And I'm trying to think of like a, a one one song that I really love oh I think the a perfectly scored scene that he did and I, and I told him the, that he needed to do this scene was um episode eight the avocado Gary fight mm-hmm. and there's one moment in this song that I was like I knew it was it and he did it a couple times the first kind of couple takes he did it wasn't right and I was like dude this isn't right and he's like yeah I was feeling that It's like this is what what I'm trying to go for. It's like the tip music was actually pretty good there. And so he's like, okay, give me another stab at it. And he did another stab at it and he nailed it. And there was this one moment, one moment that I just, every time I, I feel the entire scene out of this one moment. And it's when Avocado says, you still want anything to do with me? And he, and basically you hear this like string kind of like rise you know, right in that moment, like you you'll hear it. Like you feel the scene because of that one little string that rises up when he puts his hand out and you're like, Man, that's it. That's that's the it, it just made everything connect in such yeah. a meaningful way. But they killed it. The music, I feel like, is such a huge part of the show and a huge part of anything that they do, because this is how I usually kind of construct my ideas, is yeah. that I'm yeah. sitting in a car, I'm putting on headphones and I'm just listening to soundtracks. Constantly, and I'm letting my mind build scenes. I'm letting it build, you know, kind of a story. And sometimes I get only fragments, you know. And I got to kind of like, okay, I got something there, you know, by listening to that. Or I'll get an action sequence in my head just by listening to music. It's that's the beautiful thing about music is it's telling stories just without, you know, sometimes words. It's Mm. it's telling you a story. You just got to let your mind, you know, turn on the projector essentially.
0: Yeah. Awesome! Yeah, that's question two. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I'm excited. We got a lot more to get through though, uh, and we're gonna kick it off with uh, a little wrap up on on Quinn this season. We get a, a nice final nod to, to Nightfall this season. Uh, what were your your final thoughts as uh, Quinn kind of brushes this line of becoming the next version of herself or uh, becoming Nightfall?
1: Yeah, you know this is, this is something that me and David kind of went back and forth on, um, quite a bit. I, to for me personally, you know, and I think we talked about this in a a previous episode. I can't even remember when. Probably. (laughs) But but I think I always liked the idea of having Quinn and Nightfall be two separate people. That was that was my how I liked things, you know. Like I, if they they are two separate people, you know. Yeah. And david really liked the idea of quinn becoming nightfall you know and you're you try to kind of like you know compromise on on something like that even though like i you know i was like david i don't know about this you know i i i would always talk to him about it he's like no it's cool it's cool it's cool it's cool come on like it's cool and i'm like all right well let let me let me see how it plays let's see how it plays sometimes you're just like let's just see how it plays you know on screen or or in the script or whatever like you don't really know how it's going to to play until you see it happen yeah and I don't I don't mind it you know like I, I don't mind the, the the Quinn becoming nightfall aspect but I don't I'm like I'm still not like 100% on it you know <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know why you know it's I, I can't explain it I just feel like it—it it would have been a better story for me mentally, you know. Um, and that's not saying it's bad; it's—it's it's whatever. But this is just my thought process looking sure. back on yeah. it. Just like you know what, it—I think it would have probably been better just to have Nightfall be this separate character helping Quinn, you know, really transition through connecting with Gary. And whether it be through messages on the ship or, you know, like whatever it is, you could still keep that character alive in a meaningful way and have Quinn still be Quinn, you know, yeah. and maybe this, the, the final space sickness, maybe there was a, a different way or a different thing. Maybe the, the chip could have been there or whatever, but like, I, you can, you can see how a writer, you know, sure. like would, would see like, Hey, what if we did this? And their, their eyes all light up, you know, like what if she, she gets the chip of nightfall and they're like, yeah, you know, like the writer's (laughs) room just like loves that stuff, you know? And that's like, that's like, it's all, sometimes I almost think those kind of like eye opening kind of moments are a little bit like traps, you know? Yeah. Because if, if a lot of the times those are moments that people are thinking of, those are moments that, you know, are we sure we want to do this? Like, Let's look down and figure out where this goes. And are we happy with where it ends up? Yeah. And I think with Quinn, I think the stronger story would have been kind of just focusing on solely Quinn and not her turning into somebody that she doesn't really want to turn into. And you can see, like, I was kind of fighting it a little bit, like every <laughs> every time, like, you know, Quinn... Uh, it was like at the top of, I think like episode seven, she was like, kind of worried about turning in nightfall. And I was like, I was like, I want that to be a thing. Like I don't want this to be a thing where like, there, like, if, if we're going to do this, she has to be like, I don't want to turn in this person. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it's like, uh, even with the dialogue at the end of the, the, the last little episode, it was like, (sighs) I kind of did a pass on it to where, I remember just changing the language to the next evolution you know yeah. where it wasn't like i'm going to become nightfall it's like this is the just the next evolution and people can change right there's different evolutions of of, of you as a person you know like the person that i was at age 20 is not the person that i am today yeah you know yeah. so you do change you do adapt so let's right. say basically me, 30-year-old me, you know, like whatever, 30, 34-year-old me kind of goes back in time and, you know, has the same experiences, you know, that Quinn and Nightfall did, right? And basically told my character or my character, my 20-year-old me is going to basically start turning into 34-year-old me, you know? Yeah. It's not that he's becoming a different person. It's just that the destiny the chart leads to that point yes but at the same time it's just the next evolution you know like 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 you can be somebody different but at the same time evolve you know it's almost like almost think about like pokemon you know yeah all pikachus aren't the same but it's the next the next evolution you know of a of a charizard or a charmander <laughs> you know it goes to a charizard but they're not all the same you know yeah. like, that's how my brain it was like kind of thought about <laughs> it it's like yeah i had to kind of make sense of it in order for me to just kind of be okay with it you know yeah. and i still to this day like you know i always see holes in in you know kind of the stuff that's up there and and this is like this is like the one kind of thing that i look back and i'm just like i i don't know i'm just not i'm just not like 100 percent on it you know and, and look i i voice my concerns many times and yeah. you know sometimes you just gotta collab with your partner and yeah. he likes it you know he he really liked that the the quinn nightfall thing and you know what it's done. That's what it is. It's yeah. canon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh so yeah, let's uh let's get to the part that everybody's waiting for anyway. Uh we yeah, got the big old conflict here. Uh kind of the, near the top of the episode with uh Gary, Hugh, and Avocado going after Little Cotto. Uh and we get the competition between Little Cotto and Avocado. Um, what was it like? You know, bringing this to to a head, and uh, I guess I guess this is the time to talk about your uh, your favorite unproduced piece as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't want to kind of ruin the experience for the sure. international viewers, and and that's something that I'm trying to be really mindful of because they're just at such a disadvantage, even when the show was premiering that. You know, they're getting spoilers out there. You're yeah. getting kind of, you know, all these different things that are kind of being, you know, posted on the Internet. And so the one thing I don't want is to to have what I wanted in this finale. Well, if, if someone's an international, who be- <laughs> has listened this far without watching this
0: episode. Stop.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, and to a degree, yes. But at the same time, like. I don't want that to kind of be. Shared or posted until they have a chance to yeah. watch it the way it is, oh yeah, absolutely, and then I can post this basically these chunks of um the finale that are are really different yeah it was it was pretty massively different because it was it just couldn't be done, yeah. you know, like we were making something that was like feature quality, you know, and sometimes when you get really passionate about where the story is going, you know. The finales are kind of like kind of like your payoff. Like anytime you're building something, you get the just finale, you get to really kind of put it all out on the line. Yeah. And so when you do that, you end up kind of having this um really intense episode where production has to look at it and say, How do we make this? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. sometimes the answer is we can't. Oh, yeah. And that's that, that's what happened this time. And you know, a lot of that is me still you know i i guess it's like to, for me personally um you know the way that i write is in and i will not write any other way is i kind of just like write with no kind of barriers up you know yeah. what i mean even in my own personal stuff like i don't try to put a thing like hey i can't do that no i just i write it the way that I would want to do it if I had all the money in the world. Okay. And then you can scale that down, you know, but if you write in such a contained way and you put these barriers up, you're kind of like, you know, stunting the story that could come out of it, you know? And so a lot of the times when, you know, I was writing final space, even season one, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to write the stories that I kind of want to, to do and I still remember to this day, like in the, the episode one, uh, I kept writing a continuation of action, you know, where, where Gary's going around the, the moon, you know, and just yeah. getting just pulled around. And it was like, after the break, we came back to it and he's still around. And David was like, let's just put him on the ship. Let's put him back on the ship. Like, no, we got to continue it. We got to escalate it. We got to keep going. He's like, i don't know if we should do that (laughs) i was like no we need to do that that's that's what i want to see that's what i want to make and i remember he later was like i'm glad you told me to do that because it's like it's just it's a different way of doing things and like you know animation a lot of times people would just kind of like just like they're back on the ship Well, how did they get there well that's animation you're cutting out all that kind of stuff that's too expensive to do yeah. to, and, and just getting them back on the ship. And I was like, no, I want to do it this way, you know? And so season one, i really kind of, I'm sure they were like, what is this guy doing? He's like, there's so <laughs> many backgrounds. He's like trying to make some cinematic. Like what is going on? And I, you know, I tried to keep pushing um, really because that's the, that's the only way I could see it, you know? And I think with even, you know, you get to this point you're just kind of you're everybody's wanting to put in their best work and they're wanting to kind of ramp things up and make an even better thing and better thing and better thing. And you get to a point where it's like, man, the budget was tapped, you know, and there's places that, God, they just have such a massive more budget than, uh, than we do. Like just for an example, like, you know, I remember I, I always see auditions coming in from like Netflix, right. For like voice, voice acting. And what they get paid for voice acting, and this is like the typical norm, four grand. Okay? Four grand per episode of voice actor. That's SAG minimum, technically. Yeah. Well, kind of not really SAG minimum. That's kind of like the negotiated thing that uh, actually Fox, <laughs> give Fox the crap all you want, but because they negotiated with Fox way back when because of Family Guy and all this stuff and the Simpsons, four grand became kind of like the the staple, you yeah. know, for voice acting, you know, final space. We only got about 900 an episode between a grand to a 900 episode. Yeah. <laughs> and the budget was just yeah. so and that's SAG minimum. That's the minimum. And that's just like an example of like in every degree, in every department, everybody was getting less than everybody around town you were getting the minimums because there was just the budget, just we didn't have the budget. And so a lot of the times we would have artists kind of leave for higher paying jobs, like solar opposites pays double than what we could even afford. You know, it's like, there's so many people around you and animation is growing so much that you have all these people getting bigger budgets and you're just kind of like, man, you know, let's just try to get through this season. <laughs> like how do we get through this season and how do we finish this last episode? Cause you, usually when you get to the last episode, all your artists are kind of like starting to fall off and you get yeah. less and less people because it's like a waterfall effect. So you have different you have three different teams and when the team finishes 11 those people go off to their next job and when people finish 12 they go off to their next job and when people finish 13 there's only a small amount of people on 13 in, in our biggest episode yeah so it's like you try to keep some people around for a couple extra weeks to help out but a lot of the times on that last episode it's it's usually where you know you start feeling the fatigue <laughs> just yeah. like what you just did, and you're just hoping to get to the finish line and and make something that's good, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, a difficult process, and uh, I think that answered the question. I even forgot what the, what the question was. <laughs> no, no,
0: you're 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 good. I, uh, I I just wanted to add on to the end of that. Uh, were you? at least somewhat satisfied with uh, how the, the competition kind of came to a point with, with avocado. Yes. Avocado there.
1: Yes. Yes. And the reason why, yeah, oh, man, what the freak? I don't want to <laughs> hand it there. So a lot of the times I think I'm, yes, I think I am happy with, with, yeah. with how it played because you got a very vulnerable avocado and you the acting on Little Kato which played so well oh, yeah. and almost less was more the way that I do. The way that I wrote that scene was way more intense. It was like I saw it for what it was. And it was it would have probably been one of the more intense things in animation. Yeah. Um, And I don't I don't even know if like it could have gotten past the. <laughs> You know, the the level of notes in every facet. Like, we got to the animatic, but we're not even the animatic. We got to the boards. Like, it was kind of like boards animatic. No, no, we got to the animatic. It was like the first pass on the animatic. And then that's when the jam-filled call came in. So, yeah, yeah, it was, the, it was the animatic. And I don't know where the freak that thing is on the server, man. It's like the server's so big. There's like, literally for every episode, there's, I think, like... I don't know twenty five drafts of each animatic. It's like Gosh. I'm trying to find this thing on a server that's like has literally every animatic from season two to season one to season three, and you're just like, "How do I find this thing?" It's just, <laughs> I just don't know anything about these servers, um, but I was able to find that that radio play, and and I think once you'll hear it, you know, after um, you know the the international people watch it, you'll see that it was very intense and and it was the intensity was probably even more than than what you got and what was on there you know in the actual episode
0: yeah and uh, yes
1: I am satisfied with it
0: yeah I mean a massive congratulations to to everyone on the cast I mean especially that scene uh, I mean you Kuti, Ashley Stephen all just killed it Uh, I
1: think that was my favorite really fun to watch my favorite line my favorite line that I'm glad actually stayed um, it, it's a, such a small, small line, but I feel like the impact of that was very meaningful, and it was just like when Gary would said, um, "I'm sorry, we failed you, Ash." Yeah, and I feel like in that moment, you kind of saw that <laughs> even Gary knows that he he failed, like he in every which way, like yeah. he tried. to to keep this thing together and he knows that he failed somebody and he didn't just feel like you know saving the earth he didn't fail you know basically trying to save nightfall he failed a person yeah and this person sees a villain now (laughs) you know what I mean like ash sees gary avocado as villains because they failed her yeah and I like that. I like that idea because that's, it's just so, it happens in life so much, dude. Like one thing that you can say wrong or one, you know, perception of somebody and and they look at you and no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you will not win that person over. Yeah. And that's just life. And it's, and it's such like a, it's such an interesting aspect that I like exploring, you know, and I've explored it tried to try to try to explore it a couple of times. And I don't think I've like successfully executed it. Well, granted, season two was a little bit of a different story when I try to <laughs> successfully execute it. Yeah. But it like, you know, I feel like in this, just that idea, I love that idea of yeah. just somebody that just no matter what you do, you're their you're their enemy, you know, yeah. you're never going to win them over. And it takes it in. And I think that's just, there's something powerful to that. And there's something like so real to that. And there's something so sad about that. Yeah. You know, because the, because the other side of it, Gary, I don't think hates Ash at all. He wanted to, (laughs) you know, like, and this person just hates him. It's like, it's so sad. So sad. I don't know. I get sad about stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And uh I, I do want to talk about Ash a little bit more and I'll circle back to her towards the end. But uh I think we mentioned earlier in the season uh you you try to give uh Kevin a shining moment in every season and uh we finally got that in the
1: fun finale uh yeah. your, your
0: your thoughts there on that that nice little Yeah, you know, it's break. it's
1: a it's a little moment, you know. And I think Kevin Kevin had a bigger moment in the other one, you know? Yeah, yeah. because and this is one moment that I'll say, like, I, I don't think it ruins anything um, because it I kind of said it in the previous episodes is that basically in, you know, uh, 11, you end up finding out that the Net is still out there. It's just disabled in 12. They kind of get it operational in 13. You were going to see this Kevinnet just freaking shred through Titans. <laughs> right. Just yeah. absolutely obliterate them like it was going to be so awesome, like basically as Gary and Avocado come out of that black hole, they're getting chased by Titans and ash. OK, and this is the moment. I'll, I'll talk about this moment. And then this is this is the only thing I'll talk about. The the original version is that they're flying as this Kevin net is shooting like these freaking lasers that are just shredding Titans behind them. And they're just like weaving in and out of these lasers. (laughs) And then eventually as they get past the Kevin net, Ash freaking just obliterates the entire wall of the Kevin net. And you just see a a wave of explosions and she freaking goes after him. And it was so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It it was, But you're at, you're thinking like, how do you do that yeah. Like, money for that you know yeah and yeah. it's like it, but it would have been so awesome to see the kevin that activated and you saw something powerful of what you, the actual thing that kevin was yeah. you know and and you would have seen that in such a big way you know yeah. and then you would have got that moment as well you know it's like kind of like a dull dual moment kind of thing but and then just that that Ash moment was just it would have been awesome, dude. It would have been so cool. <laughs> yeah. You see just a wave of freaking <laughs> explosions as she like just obliterates yeah. it. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And uh, we get another little bit of uh, some some comedy break in this episode. We get the reveal of uh, Biscuit's Hugh project. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on our our Tiger Tiger and, and Hugh this, yeah. this season?
1: Yeah. Biscuit, you know, was the hardest character for me to voice. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It hurt. It, it. I think it actually probably did damage to my vocal cords. <laughs> <voice. laughs> I laugh about that, but anyway, I think it's true. It was so hard to kind of go back in there and do like ADR for the character because my voice, which is like kind of give out. Yeah. And I think, you know, the character, I never really wanted to voice the character. It was just one of those things that, you know, because I'm so, so animated and kind of how I tell stories and how I present things. I did a voice when I presented season three before the pandemic, a biscuit and it got laughs. And then David was like, you got to do it. It got laughs. And I was like, Freaking dang it, man, I don't want to do this. Can we see if we can get an audition? And then the pandemic hit and we couldn't get any auditions. And then I was stuck with biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another thing, dude, here's another thing. Well, I actually shouldn't say that. Probably because I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll get production in trouble. Um, But yeah. Anyway, so I voice biscuit, um, and yeah, you see the hue project, and there's so many different ways that I wish we could have visually articulated that in 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 a better way. Yeah. Um, And I wish that the you know even the hue design that we got, I wish could have been done in a better way. But that that was so hard to do, man. I, I I think at the end. We were just like everybody was so burnt out, you know, yeah. and I think that that's like the best design that we got out of doing multiple design passes for you, you know, and we love the idea of kind of, you know, making them a little bit blockier and, and you know, kind of more um, intense looking. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that... Um, it was even cooler in the in the original.
3: <laughs> it was even cooler when
1: he when he lands. It's uh it's an even co- cooler moment because. Oh, man, I just have to wait. I have to wait. I have yeah. to wait. I got to bite my tongue. I, gotta no bite.
0: <laughs> uh, I guess when we're, we're on our comedy string. Uh, we get Tribor and Quaternosus last triumphant return to open the bridge. Uh, and and looking like we we'll we'll get home with with their help. Uh, any any last notes on on these two?
1: No, I, like I mean, I always love that idea that uh, that no matter what, Tri- Tribor is listening. You know. Yeah. And uh, for better or worse, you know, some people hate Tribor with a fiery <laughs> passion, and there's some people that like him and there's some people that are, you know, so so on him but you know, he pops up every now and then and he popped up in this moment and I felt like it kind of worked. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh
0: and then going back to a more serious note, we get uh Gary's uh I love you to Quinn. Uh what's what's your your thoughts on their relationship uh, at the end of season 3?
1: Yeah, you know, I was this is like such like a this, this was such a hard moment um because I know what the original was. Mm. And I can tell you the the what I was hoping we would have gotten with uh with it in this particular in the episode but when when you hear the version of what was in the previous script I felt like that played in such a better way. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because I wanted it to very much mirror in uh, Season 1, Episode 10, when Quinn said she was not coming back. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can kind of see a little bit of, like, the, the, the cues there that yeah. the idea is that Gary thought he was not coming back in the original version. Yeah. But in this version, we still love that idea. And the way that we had to kind of adapt it on the fly is that he felt like they were not going to get out of this. Right. And it still worked, you know, like you still, it still, it still worked, but it was so more power, so much more powerful in that original version. And you'll hear it, dude, you'll hear it. Like you, like it's powerful in that version and it's so sad. And I feel like the, the version that we have, it still works, you know, and we were able to put like a joke there and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to kind of analyze each little moment because <laughs> where my brain goes is like, man, the it was original, better in the previous. Yeah. It was better than previous. It's better yeah. than previous. You know, like, and I feel like I'm a little bit of a broken record at that point, but <laughs> it, I generally think it was those moments played better. Now, a lot of the times our biggest disadvantage on final space. Um, and I'll say this with, with, you know, a fiery passion is our time limit
3: yeah
1: like 21 minutes to do the show like this it just back in the day you know like back in like you know 2016 when we pitched just that that was the norm 21 minutes there was no animation literally out in the world that had a tv format That was over 21 minutes not one single show not one it wasn't until streamers came along okay like netflix and they started buying animation that they were like hey you don't really have to adhere to this format you know you can you can make it longer if you want and then you started getting all these different formats of episodes and then you have invincible coming out that's 45 minutes and you're like (laughs) oh yeah this the this show, the show's format is like f- for this particular show, this particular show, I think hurts it. You know, yeah, there's some shows that I think it works in its advantage, you know, because they just are are better in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But imagine invincible 21 minutes. Dude, no way. Couldn't. It just doesn't work. Doesn't work. You know? So it's like there's some I think shows that work in that smaller format. And there's some that work in larger formats, you know? And I think with with a larger or dude, I'm talking about just a minute 30 seconds. <laughs> An extra minute 30 seconds okay. would be life altering to Final Space. You would we would be able to let so many moments breathe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We would be able to like actually have like so much more time to do certain things. But it's like that's this one of the biggest disadvantages and I say that because the I love you part got trimmed down in this original version. Mm. It was longer. It was like it was like impactful, you know, in the in the original radio play which I have, you know, just yeah. I'll say it again, I have it, you know. <laughs> um so it's like I think that's that's the one thing that I think in that particular moment that probably hurt that was and and people don't know that's the thing that's why i don't want to kind of talk too much about those particular moments because i want people just to experience the way it 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 is on screen and then hey let's let's (laughs) let's dig into what what the other version was you know but yeah exactly yeah yeah
0: yeah so for sure and uh kind of here on the end uh once again bringing ash back up uh She's obviously very, very powerful at this point and uh, powerful enough to beat Mooncake as we leave him behind in final space. Uh, why Mooncake and uh, what what made you come to this decision to leave behind Little Green Ballfriend?
1: Yeah, you know, it's... This was like a really difficult choice for me, you know, because it's yeah. like Gary and Mooncake, you know, I always kind of look at them as like kind of a, a boy and his dog. Yeah. And I think it's uh, in this particular moment, I always kind of was like something, something's going to have to get left behind. Yeah. And it felt like, and and here's the thing, there is another part of this in the original script that <laughs> me and David constantly fought over. like. Yeah. He wanted it taken out, I wanted it in. He wanted it taken out, I wanted it in. And and I thought it would have been pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just it's one of those things that uh yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a it's a a good a, a good next step for Mooncake's chapter, you know. Yeah. Cause it just felt like what else what else is there for Mooncake other yeah. than being cute and saying Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure, and uh, I guess I guess coming up there on the end of the episode, uh, you have this incredibly haunting final scene with uh, Dodie's song, of course, and uh, Invictus released upon the universe. And you know, we we started this this uh, this podcast talking about consequences in episode one, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess the question is, uh, what has our team squad done?
1: Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's it's definitely a very eerie ending. Yeah. And it's like (laughs) it's so hard to think about that, you know, that particular kind of ending, because it's like if if it is the, the the final ending, I just remember in the last like few days. When, when we were kind of unsure, like, you know, it's like, you start kind of hearing, like, we weren't hearing anything. And the, the only thing that we could really do was like, I didn't want to leave these characters stuck with poison. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> maybe there's a way, because if they're poisoned and they got Invictus and they're outnumbered, like, they're toast, you know? Yeah. But I felt like, Let's just get rid of that, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I had more story for that, you know? I really did, even in the finale, you yeah. know? Um, and I think with with the way that this ended, the only way, the only thing I could do in case this is just the, the final moment, you know, the final words of the show is, what, what have we done? Yeah. If that's it. Then, I don't know. I didn't want to see... Those characters stuck with that poison. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like I just I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to kind of watch it. You know, probably years from now, if it is the end, and and say crap. You know, (laughs) what a gloomy way to go. You know, but it's still gloomy. But at least they got a fighting chance. You know, Um, but yeah, that's that. I don't know. It's one of those things that I I always get kind of bummed out when I think about it a a little bit because. You know, I don't know what those next moments look like. Is that the end? Is that it? Could there be more? I don't know. Sure. But what I do know is that it for season three. I think it was a a, a cool ending. You know, I think it was like, whoa, we're yeah. in the next chapter of the fight. If it's yeah. the ending, ending of the show, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, it's uh. Because you don't know about these things, and the way that Final Space worked throughout the years is, dude, there's just so many shows now in animation with with different places that just get picked up for two seasons a pop, you know? Yeah. Or they get a, or they get the pickup, you know, so early. And we tried and tried and tried to get, you know, TVS to bridge gaps and stuff like this. And what the bridging of the gap means is like okay, when we're writing scripts and we're in production, there's a gap where if we started writing, still in production, the next season, this is what Rick and Morty's doing, you basically are able to kind of keep things moving. You know? Yeah. The problem is, you know, season three came at such a late point that it was like the pickup for that. It was like, oh man, you know, (laughs) like season two (laughs) got picked up really early. Yeah. And then season three got picked up really late. And now, I mean, if there was even a season four pickup or whatever, it would be just like, crap, it's going to be a long wait. Hmm. So it's and you don't really get that chance to think ahead, you know, in, in a way like this, like you are kind of stuck in the thing that you wrote basically eight months ago you know before it went to in before it got recorded before it went into animac boards and then and all that stuff and then it got designed and then it, the animation came back and then you have the episode like there's no way you can go back and change that sure it's you're kind of stuck with it you know and so if there was a way to kind of if they had picked up you know multiple seasons it would be a different story you know it would be like what would that look like and you know we've would been able to kind of you know adapt if it if it was the end you know but we didn't know that <laughs> you yeah. know like so if it's the end it's just it's kind of a, a bittersweet kind of moment where not even bittersweet it was bitter you know? it's like it's, <laughs> yeah there's nothing really sweet about it <laughs> i guess yeah. Doty's music you know you get yeah. that but it's like and it does look beautiful um oh, yeah. but yeah it's it's one of those things that uh you can't plan for you can't expect you can't hope for but if it uh if it happens. It happens. You know.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's it. Uh, that's the the end of Final Space for now. Uh, the close one of another chapter. And uh, thank you, Owen, for for telling this really incredible story. I uh, remember I texted you after that episode, uh, that finale, and I said, "Be proud. Be very proud." And I uh, I absolutely stand by that. You really crafted something amazing this season. Yeah, just was like, congratulations.
1: Yeah, and thanks for you know. And I'll say this for to you and you know just all the fans, but like thanks for just being along for the ride. You know, it's it's been yeah. such a a learning experience for me, and 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 not only that, but such a you know an emotional one. That's like because this is something that I you know believed in with all my heart, and yeah. you know I I gave I gave it all. Every there was, dude. I remember you know back in you know, May or whatever. I can't even remember when it was, you know, I was still waiting. I'm still waiting, but it's like, you, you hit this point where like, there was nothing left in the tank. You know, I had nothing else to give. I, I, I had saved nothing for myself. Mentally, physically, there was nothing else. Like I, I had given it all. And that's a very scary spot to be in. And I would have only have done that because of the support that all of you have given that, you know, you guys actually have been on the journey with me, you know, yeah. everybody that's watched the show from overseas to, you know, everywhere, Netflix, to, to TBS, to here, to everywhere, just every, the whole process has been such an incredible journey. And it's been literally like, I, I keep thinking about this and I just get like, where the, where's the time gone half a decade yeah. Half a decade of my life I've been literally working on Final Space. That's insane to me. You know, it's just such a slow-moving train and before you look back on it you're like, "Whoa, it was slow-moving, but I was going at like 100 miles per hour." <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like I really got you're like, "Where is the time gone?" And I met some incredible people along the way you know, David Sachs, Rosa, Tobias, Ben, Devo, like the, the list goes just on and on and on yeah. and on. And, you know, the people in Jamfield is always crushing it. It's been really awesome to see artists get passionate about something that you've created. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like so bonkers to me. You know, it's like, why? Like, why, why, you know? And, you know, I we can always go on and on about like, was it flawed? Was it this? Was it that? Tell me, show me one show that isn't flawed down (laughs) to its absolute core. Like we're all just trying to make things that we're passionate about Yeah, and we're never going to get it right. We're never going to get it perfect, but all, as long as you're trying to make something good, you won't win everybody over, you know, that's not the, that's not the goal. You know, the goal is just to try to tell stories and, Inspire people and and you know have somebody feel something, yeah. and I think that's what we try to do with Final Space. Is you know when you're sitting at home and and you feel something, those are moments that you're fe- like you 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 expressing emotion and you're getting that out of your body is a good thing. <laughs> like you want to watch, and that's the beauty of like television and art and and music and you know everything like that. It's like when you feel something like you're, you're feeling that because that those emotions have been like locked in your body and it, and something triggered it just to open it up and let it out. And you feel so much better afterwards, you know? And that was like the beauty of, I think, final space is there are some moments in there that, you know, that always catch me, you know, just in a certain way. And it just kind of opens up. And I think that's the hope. That's the dream that you can make something that connects with people that, that Really hits them on an emotional level and makes them laugh, makes them cry, makes them like get inspired to do their own thing. And I hope that's the case. I hope a lot of people that watch Final Space can look back and say, Hey, man, I really want to make my own cartoon. I really want to do my own thing. And hopefully, by learning and seeing the mistakes that I've, you know, barreled through because nobody told me otherwise, you know, that you're able to adapt, overcome and face these problems in a more meaningful way having a little bit of knowledge under your belt and that's all really what i want to do is like i want to kind of help other creators and i want to do my own stuff too now with all this knowledge i may i'm more confident in myself of like i know what i'm doing yeah And and i know that my instincts are right when it comes to those stories the question is how do you get past the layers upon layers of notes and networks and, and all this stuff. How do you get past that? That's the, that's the, that's the quest, you know, like that's, (laughs) that's the, that's part of the problem solving. And sometimes it totally messes it up and guess what? All the spotlight, all the rage comes to you. And then how do you deal with that? You know, and look, I've I'll, I'll admit firsthand that, you know, Top of season one, or or you know season one, man, that was that was a really tough time when that was airing, and people were just like, "This sucks," you know, <laughs> like yeah. like what? And then you see it go on Netflix, and people just love it, and you're just like, "What the freak happened?" Like what? <laughs> I don't understand it. And then season two, we hate it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, like what the freak? It's like you tried your best, and you know you know the version in the back of your head was better, but you couldn't get that out because you were prevented from doing so. And guess yeah. what? They don't they don't see it as a network thing. They see it as you. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't see the other writers. They see you. They yeah. they don't see anything else but you. Yeah. And then at yeah. the top of season three, you know, you get you start getting you know the feedback and stuff and you just like sometimes you you give in to your your weakest emotion of just like feeling something you know, yeah. and I'll never apologize for feeling something because that you shouldn't, you shouldn't apologize for expressing an emotion for something that you're passionate about. And that's for everybody. Yeah, You know, the, the things that you work on, the things that you're passionate about, the art, the music, the, the, anything that you're passionate about you should never apologize for getting emotional about it or feeling sad that somebody doesn't like it. Like, dude, yo, you spend a lot of time and effort and energy and, and passion into putting this thing in there. Now, how you how you express that emotion is another question, you know, um, and I felt like, you know, for the the obstacles that I faced, that I try to do it in the best way possible. I tried to communicate with with people in the best way possible. I had to run the social media network like stuff. You might have to do that one day. If I can make a recommendation, don't you know, it, it is it, it is too much. For a creator to do that and do their show. Yeah. And it will take every aspect of enjoyment, of passion, and it will strip it away because you're having to be somebody that has to do a job that you never signed up for. So if I had to say anything, if you have to run your social media things, don't, don't. Just kind of, you know, if it it means, you know, uh, nobody watches it nobody watches it <laughs> but I, I i will i will tell you right now as somebody that tried with every ounce of his being to keep that social media growing and dude it grew it freaking it did. grew yeah, That's it, yeah, it, massive it, it did grow and yeah. it grew on bootstraps i didn't have any money you know every once in a while i tried to like boost a post with like 50 bucks <laughs> You know, like if it was like a trailer, but I'd boost it 50 bucks. I'd throw it in there with my own yeah. money, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, you got to start really thinking about you know the, the stuff that you're creating is, is there's such a mental health game to doing it that I don't think a lot of people are discussing, but um, what I've found that has really been helping me is dude, I've just been, for the first time in a long time, focusing on myself, like yeah. trying to feel my creative cup back up, you know, working out, been freaking, you know, writing other stuff, been kind of, you know, starting to come up with other ideas, starting to kind of really, you know, focus on the next evolution of Olin, you know, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. And a lot of the times you're going to have to do that. And, you know, you can't, don't get to the point creatively where you're, your whole essence, your soul is your soul cup, whatever we want to call it is empty. Yeah. I hit that point in may, it is a rough point and you got to climb your way back out of it. You know, it's like, you gotta, like, you gotta realize it's like, there's nothing left, you know, like there really is. And there wasn't, there was like, that was, that was the point. And that's the thing. There's so many creators you know, that, that I think, you know, it's easy to kind of look at certain things and, and complain about certain things, but there's also, um, you're never going to get, hand, you know, be handed the, the, the hand that you want, you know, even if you get a place that, that you want, there's so many different aspects about making TV. That's really difficult. And sometimes, you know, the best thing that you can do is just do the work. But at the same time, you got to focus on your mental health, keep positive, keep focused, go do things, go play games, you know, like break away from that. Don't uh, for the light. I will say this is one of the warning shots across the bow. Do not <laughs> run your shows, social media pages. All right. I don't care. Look, I've done it. You you can grow it. Yeah, I promise you. You will. You'll grow yep. it. I've edited so many trailers. <laughs> I've probably edited over a hundred trailers, not even joking, not even exaggerating. at this point. It's, I've edited so many trailers, trailers that you haven't seen trailers that got notes on past, like just trailer, 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 trailers, you know, like I can't do anymore. Like, I'm just like so fatigued on doing it. I'm so fatigued on like, um, running that stuff and that's not your job <laughs> it's right. like, you know like yeah. it's just that's not why you're not. there <laughs> so your job is just to tell stories and unfortunately like Hollywood isn't you know isn't the best place to kind of get your full vision across sure. you know so you gotta kind of get really creative and you gotta get a you know kind of scrappy you yeah. really gotta get scrappy so if there's any advice I can give you it's that hopefully that helps hopefully you know Um, you guys stick around for, if it's not final space, it's something else. If not, Mm -hmm. that's fine. I appreciate the journey. Appreciate you guys listening to Gabe. Appreciate Gabe for making these things. Thank you. You're a rock star. Nobody paid gabe gabe did it out of <laughs> kindness of his heart um same thing of you know running social media i didn't i didn't get one cent from running social media but i did it yeah. for two what, years what was, what was yeah. the comment you get those
0: comments off there's like uh whatever the final space intern running this account is and <laughs> it's me it's me olin <laughs>
1: yeah like, you know. i wish i wish yeah. um, but, but yeah. yeah it's like yeah yeah thank you yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're yeah. a rock star, man. Thank Thanks, you, man. Just thank seriously, you. thank you for for doing this stuff. And um, man, you've done it since season one. You know, like you, nobody told you to do it. You just did it. And, you know, the, the cool thing is like whenever you really connect with somebody, you know, like you, like me and you have, have talked and text, yeah. and, um, talk about, you know, different projects and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like out of this whole process, I've kind of gained a friend. You yeah, know, absolutely. That the same, through, same feeling here. Yeah. Throughout the years, whether it's Final Space, whatever it is, I think this is like, it's cool to connect with people over something that we're passionate about. And we are both passionate about Final Space yeah. for, you know, five years. And yeah. like, it's cool to talk to you. It's cool to kind of uh, see your growth as a creator. You're about to shoot another short film, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just like, it's, it's cool to see other creators, in different parts of their journey, you know, yeah. and you know, if there's anything I can do to help dude along the way. Yeah. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. And
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being definitely a, a friend and, and a mentor. I mean, yeah, like I said, we, we've talked a lot. I've learned a lot. uh, And I, I'm really excited to continue to be on final space, you know, grow our relationship and, uh and yeah, and just thank you so much for, for being a part of this podcast and really giving not only uh the the fans definitely are getting some really cool insights into this world that you've created but me too i mean i i I love sitting down and hearing from you you know i i see the episodes and uh been blessed to be able to see them a lot of them early this season was really really cool but to just sit down and and hear the processes behind it and what you did and how the story came to be it's uh yeah it's 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 really an honor thank you so much for for this opportunity Yeah. And, uh, and thank you everyone listening. Uh, I really hope this was a great experience and awesome to listen to, you know, week after week as we broke down these episodes. Uh, and of course Owen and I aren't going anywhere. Uh, we're still working together on some stuff and staying in touch. So, uh, Sans any final space news, uh, you can still catch us doing different things at our respective social handles. So he's at Olin Rogers. I'm at Gabriel W. Jones on social media. Uh, Please continue to support the podcast wherever you're listening. It really means a lot to us. Uh, And follow all of our social channels for news during hiatus season. Once again, don't know what's coming, uh, but we'll definitely be posting stuff. Uh, Yeah. And so stay tuned uh, after this for our very last into final lingering thoughts. Uh, It's a great one, as always. We had a really great fan on. And uh, for our last time this season, I just want to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys. Peace. And we're still here. Thank you for holding on and tuning into our very last Into Final Lingering Thoughts. We have fans enter online and randomly selected three to join us on these last few episodes of Into Final Thoughts and ask any lingering questions to the man himself, Olin Rogers. Uh, in our last episode, uh, we are joined by Daniel. Daniel, please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit of why you love Final Space.
2: Hey, everyone. As you know, my name is Daniel. Um, I'm so grateful to be given this opportunity to speak with you guys. Um, Final Space is a really dear show to me. It's a really different show because I really love sci-fi. I love how all the characters are so relatable. We have Gary, Mooncake, Quinn... It just, it, it gives like a new spice and life to like cartoons and animation in recent times. So I just love how different Final Space is, how the characters, like the storytelling and everything is just perfect. So yeah, it's a really dear, dear show to me. Awesome. For sure. Yeah. And Thanks uh, for watching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, Daniel, you got, you've got three questions. So let's uh, just dive into the first one.
2: So my first question for you, Mr. Rogers, is, what was the inspiration for creating Invictus? Invictus, yeah, that's a good question.
1: You know, I think it's. I really wanted to kind of have a uh, ultimate bad. You know, I I loved kind of basically having the Lord Commander be this. Um, more of a threat to the crew, but then having this universal threat throughout space, you know, I I just always really love that idea. And I kept toying around with, you know, the idea of having it be this physical entity. And I, I don't know, there's something cool about just having this thing be composed of this mysterious energy, you know, that's set in like the end of space. And it's like, it's what, what is it? You know, you, it's just an anomaly. And and there's so many things in the vastness of space that we still can't explain. And so it felt like this is a really interesting idea to kind of, you know, put a voice to put a a face to this. And it's, and it's kind of evolving and, and adapting to the the surroundings that it's in, so it's it just felt like a cool approach, um, at least in my eyes. You know, people might disagree, but uh, I I really like the idea of having a universal threat um, that was just kind of more composed of uh, this ethereal energy. Okay,
2: yeah, that, yeah. Sounds, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, and uh, Daniel, why don't you uh, hit your second question? Another question about Invitus. Mm-hmm.
2: So now with this whole situation that you wanted to create this big bad. So now my question is, how do you speculate that we're going to be able to defeat Invictus? Like how, because I feel like the way the characters are, the only character that in my opinion can really step up to Invictus is maybe um Ash, because she's the only one with powers. So like how are the normal characters going to step step up to him now that he has like broken into the whole war and he's like just destroyed everything.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's always kind of interesting, um, kind of seeing the good guys a little bit outmatched. And I always kind of like that in any kind of story that I've watched or read books of, you know, especially like Lord of the Rings, when you felt like, uh, Aragon and and you know Gimli and Legolas were kind of outnumbered on the two towers and you know like how are they going to get out of that situation you know and I always kind of liked the good guys being that overmatched kind of uh, in that situation and 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 there is a way to you know obviously beat Invictus and I you know I've had a a way in my head of how it would play out and I definitely see that it, it it's. You know, I, and obviously I don't want to give anything away or anything like that. But I feel like it's it's definitely something that, um, you know, we, we basically stack the deck in the bad guys um, corner. So you would be thinking that like, how are they going to get out of this situation? That's exactly where we want you to be thinking, because it's it's something where if you feel like, like oh, but it's it, they, they're going to easily defeat this guy or easily defeat this bad guy. Um then it it feels like we probably didn't do our job very well um but yeah, it, it I think we want to to have a bad guy that feels like how the crap are they gonna get out of this situation like oh no, when you see Invictus break out of it, you're like these guys are screwed like there's no way they can get it, they can get out of this situation <laughs> and that's kind of what we were you know trying to go for so I, I think the the way that you're feeling is the way that we we want you to feel
2: sure. This is why Final Space is a very show. All right. For my third question, um, any real life experiences or scenarios that you use to influence certain characters or their relations with other characters?
1: Yeah. You know, I always draw a lot from real life. And I think even David does too. You know, there, there's certain lines and there's certain kind of motivations and there's certain kind of scenes that are pulled directly from from real life and and that's really i don't know of a writer that wouldn't do that you know like it's it's just something where they kind of channel all those kind of negative negative thoughts and the positive things of their life and the negative and they just kind of pour it into the writing and it could be that you know somebody um you know, kind of just betrayed you, you know, and and maybe they were a friend at one point, but they just can't see anything other than the the monster that they think that you are. And you probably in your head aren't this monster, but they just like it. There's just some people that just hate other people and they just there's friendships that kind of get fractured and break apart. There's parents that, you know, abandon their children or, or there's funerals where people say something really powerful in those kind of you know eulogies so there's there's so many different things to pull from from life and it could just be you know david for example went to a funeral and and heard something really powerful and um in this funeral and it was basically the line it's good enough for me you know and it was just kind of something like you know we talked about it over and over again it's like dude let's just put it in this thing because that's really powerful have a father kind of say that to their son, you know? Um, and I've always had my, my dad said something like that, not so poetic as that, but you know, he was like, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But like, basically he, he would say, you know, if you did your best, it's, it's, it's cool by me, you know? And I think that's a really, you know, kind of personal real life experience that we were able to put into the show. And there's so many other like lines that people ta- like attach to and, and it, it comes from a, a real life experience or an emotion that you like it, The reason why it hits really hard is because it, it's coming from a real spot. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're watching the show and there's like a really deep emotional moment, it's there because there's somebody (laughs) fueling it whether it be the writing whether it be the music whether it be the the directing whether it be the boarding it all comes together everybody's putting their emotions and their and their their you know energy into these scenes and these moments so yeah you you have to draw from those real life experiences
2: yeah i agree
0: yeah definitely well uh Daniel, thank you for those exceptional questions. Thank you for being a fan of the podcast and uh, for coming on the show and uh, talking about Into Final Lingering Thoughts. And thank you for tuning in to the very last episode of Into Final Lingering Thoughts. And we'll see you next time, Fantraxians. Yes!